Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. Um, my name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I am with, of course, Alan Clopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Um, nothing much going on in the news today. So it's <laughs> nothing, huh? Nothing, nothing. We got we got nothing. Well, there's except for Brexit. Brexit. Huh? Yeah. I guess we could dive in for two hours on Brexit. <laughs> we sure could. Very interesting. You know, the polars got that a little off. Well, I guess it's been pretty close for the past couple of weeks, but it definitely was trending to stay instead of leave. And the people that voted to leave actually got their way. Alan, so what the heck does all this stuff mean? <laughs> all right, I'm going to boil it down, Joe. And then you can cut me off when you get bored. All right. So actually, here's what happened, Joe. So the, um, the people that reside in the United Kingdom were asked a simple question, which was, should the United Kingdom remain a member of the European Union or leave the European Union? So I guess they decided that they would rather leave the European well, Union. Well, half. Yeah, well, 50, 52%. 52% to 48, roughly, in, in round numbers. And like, what, polling, 70%. I mean, they came out in droves Yeah, and voted. Yeah, they did. And I guess what I heard was that the the people that were supporting the leave movement were, they were more passionate. And so they were out there really encouraging people to leave. Now, here's, here's a few things I want to tell you, though. People are nervous about this around the world. Uh, and then you think, well, what's it matter? Why, why should it matter, right? But uh, here's, here's what's going on is um, important British trading partners like India and China uh, indicated that they were pretty worried that the exit, the exit would uh, create regulatory and political volatility that could harm the economies of everyone involved. Even the UK's Treasury itself reported in its analysis, this is before the election, that said that uh, the nation would be permanently poorer if, the, if they left the EU and adopted a number of likely alternatives. And then Bank of England, the International Monetary Fund, they warned that uh, there's going to be long-term negative impacts. And But the, the people that were supporting the Leave movement said, well, that's just rotten propaganda. That's, that's a bunch of BS. Hogwash. Hogwash, right? So then, uh, then you've got um, U.S. and Chinese companies. Uh, a lot of the larger ones have um, international operations in London and England. And uh, why do they do that? Well, it's because it's, it's a place where they can operate and have their companies and be exposed to the free trade corridors in the UK to the other European nations. Countries. Now that's, that's going to be gone. And so now there's, there's a lot of concern there. Yeah. I mean, where's the financial hub going to go? Right. Yeah. I, Paris, Berlin. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. But that's so there's issues there. And, and, and depending upon how you measure it, the EU, uh, the European Union as a whole, ranges from the first to the third largest economy in the world. So uh, in terms of trade, uh, there's, there's, there's some issues there. Um, the, this, this, the leaving could um, 
really affect imports and exports uh, between U.S., China, and others. Now, of course, the pound went down in relationship to the dollar significantly. And, and whenever that happens, you think, well, great, because then we've got a stronger dollar. But that changes the balance of imports and exports. Right, because then people think, all right, well, here, we want a real strong dollar. It sounds good. You know, but if you're if the dollar's stronger than other currencies, well, then it's more expensive for them to buy our goods and services. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, so that actually hurts our economy. It hurts our economy because of the dollar strong. We can buy more goods and services from other countries. Right. So, you know, plan your trip to London. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's going to be a little bit cheaper. It is going to be cheaper. If you want to go there, this is probably a good time. And Prime Minister David Cameron, he he, uh, he announced his resignation. Uh, a bit of a surprise. Uh, I mean, I, I guess most of us, including myself, thought that they would vote to stay, uh, but they didn't. And, of course, David Cameron was a, a big a proponent of them staying. And so here's what he said. Uh, he said, the British people have made it a very clear decision to take a different path. And as such, I think the country requires fresh leadership in that direction. I do not think it would be right for me to be captain, that the, the captain that steers our economy to the next destination. So, and he's thinking maybe by October, he'll right. be gone. So, yeah, a lot of shakeup. And we know when there is uncertainty, Joe, in markets. The markets don't particularly like uncertainty. Well, and then here's another thing that people have to put into perspective, is that the news is out, right? You're just, you're, 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 we're, we're talking about old news already. That's Even, right. We're, we're happened, on Saturday. It happened a couple days ago. Correct. And so on Friday when the market tanked, so on Thursday, right, so the markets were betting that, hey, they'll probably stay. So then you see the markets go up about 250 points. That's right. And then Friday, it tanks. Right. You know, you know you're down 500 points. But, you know, you net that out, you're still down to 50, which is, what, a point and a half. You yeah. Know? So it's not the end of the world. But, I mean, all the information that was, right, so the European Union, right, so now the UK's out. And all of the information is readily available sure. to the traders. Okay. So if the news on Monday is worse than what it was on Friday, then we're going to see more volatility. Sure. Right? If it stays the same, we'll, we'll probably see a, a little bit of an uptick. We don't know until the information, more information is released. Right. Right? I think a lot what happened on Friday is that all of these traders, right, they, they place bets on a second-by-second second basis in the overall market. Sure. And so they were betting one way, and then all of a sudden the bet went the other way. So they have to cover their bets. And so that's why you see a lot of volatility. when It's like a knee-jerk reaction. The right. market always overreacts. Yes. And I don't know. I mean, this is not really going to pan out for a couple of years. Yeah, that, I think that's the most important thing here. Because and, and even uh, David Cameron, uh, this is not legally binding. Exactly. It's, it's a referendum. And so it's highly expected that he'll go ahead and invoke Article 50 of the Libsyn Treaty. Uh, which then will start the the action in terms of of, of leaving uh, the European Union, and it will probably yeah most experts Joe as you said it's going to take two years or more because to it's it's complicated. This. There's a there's a lot there's a lot of treaties and things that have been set up between different countries that now have to be renegotiated. So yeah, it's. Uh, and, and the market, we know the market reacted poorly on Friday, which you could uh, kind of expected. But it's also, I, I think, continuing proof of how the market tends to overreact because there's, there's not going to be any uh, much, much that we'll notice for quite some time. 
Yeah, and it's well, there's going to be a domino effect of some sort. Well, that's the concern. You know, and I, and I think then other I, European nations right. are going to be like, okay, well, if then if they did it, it then, then I'm going to leave, and and then and then there's further um, decline of the European Union, and and yeah, that's right, and that's and that's what the market is kind of reacting to. It's not only England, but it's what else could happen. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't know. Yeah, it's, we don't know. That's right. And so it's like, okay, well, what should we do? I mean, I, I would say, and this is just my personal opinion. I'm not a forecaster by any stretch. We're not economists. Al's a CPA. I'm a certified financial planner. Yeah, we're we, barely what do we qualified know? to even talk about yeah, this. Yeah, we shouldn't even be talking about <laughs> it. We've, we've just led you astray with this last segment. You know, but at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, here, should, should, should we get out of the overall markets? Well, the, the news is already hit. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's it's done. It's too late. I mean, we, we, it was a 50-50 shot. I mean, in, in hindsight, it's always 20-20. Of course. You know, but if, let's say if they were to stay Right? What what the market's done? Yeah, you know, because half of the UK wanted to get out, half of them wanted to get in. Right. You know, rounding. Yeah. I mean, it was just a small margin. Yeah, it, it was. And so the markets probably would have reacted poorly on Friday, either way. Yeah. Right. Because they would say if if, if they would decided to stay, then it's like, whoa, that we, that's what we figured. Yeah. Right. So let's, t- so, so let's bring it back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Let's turn it back. <laughs> I talked to um, actually a um, friend of mine uh, on Friday, and he said, man. I should have shorted the market. Well, yeah, like, me too. If well, we would have known. Well, why didn't you? If you're so smart. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. It's like in a sense of, all right, well, here, yeah, well, man, I should have short this, and here, let's continue to short. Yeah, right. right? Yeah, let's just double down now. Well, <laughs> if it was as bad, I mean, if it's if it's going to be financial Armageddon, the markets would have dropped five thousand right. points. <laughs> Yeah, sure. The, I mean, they would have closed the markets down. It right. would have blew up. Yeah, and that didn't happen. It didn't happen. So um, I know volatile times makes people a little uneasy, uh, but that's just a part of being invested in the overall global economy. Right. And unfortunately, all of us, I would say not all of us, but most of us need to have risk in the portfolio to maintain a certain rate of return long term. And I would say over the next three, five, ten years, what, uh, Independence Day, not July 4th, but June 23rd, is going to just be a blip in the radar. Right. You know? Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, because you could say, well, I, we should get out of the market. But then but then what do you do? I mean, you could go into fixed income and earn a 1%. Yeah, right? yeah we, and we or can talk go, about go, what's... Go into a CD, sure. right? earn you know, yeah, a quarter Yeah, so what's percent? the alternative? All yeah. right, well, here, let's get out of European, you know, let's get out of foreign countries altogether and let's just stay in the U.S. Okay, well, then now... You know, you got to think rationally. You, know? you do. I, and I understand that emotions drive decisions when it comes to your money. And most of the time, those decisions are wrong because, right, they're not necessarily based on economic logic. They're based on emotion of, oh, my goodness gracious, I'm going to lose all my money right. if I continue to see the dollars drop. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, we're just getting started here today. Welcome to the show. Happy weekend, everyone. Uh, we'll be back in just a short second. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson, Big Al, hanging out on a Saturday. Happy weekend. Hopefully you're enjoying the weekend thus far. Uh, if you want to go to our website, please do so at purefinancial.com. If you want to get more information about our firm, Big Al, myself, and the fine team of financial professionals that we have there on staff, uh, purefinancial.com. Also, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, write a little review. If you like the show, tell us you like it. Um, if you don't like the show, tell us you don't like it. Uh, but that helps us to get the reach out there a little bit more, to get the right information to a lot more people. Um, so that's a little selfish 
plug there, but yeah, boy, that was pretty well, selfish. I think people need to learn about Big L's commentary on the Brexit. <laughs> yeah, please listen up, somebody. <laughs> well, okay, so a couple of good things. Okay, is that mortgage rates, right? Yeah, they're going down. Sure, because flight to quality. Yeah. So what happens right. when markets get volatile? People buy what fixed income. You bet. And so when people buy bonds, what does that do to pricing of bonds? It goes up, right? Supply and demand. Sure. More and more people buy fixed income. That means the pricing goes up. But also you have to consider well, bonds are a little bit unique type of instrument where if the bond price goes up, the interest rate goes down. Correct. And so as bonds, as people continue to buy bonds, those prices go up, but the interest rates go down. So if you look at the ten-year Treasury. Okay. What's that now? About a point and a half. Something like that, yeah. It's pretty low. And so it, it doesn't have a direct real, um, correlation to mortgage rates, uh, but we could potentially see mortgage rates continue to go down as well. And then with negative interest rates that we're seeing right in European countries. Yes. It's craziness. I mean, this is a weird, weird time, you know? It's yeah. like, all right, well, here, I don't want to go into stocks, so let me go into bonds, but I get a negative interest rate, so I got to pay the bank or the government to hold out of my money. Right. right? That's what negative interest <laughs> rates are. It, it is crazy, Joe. And, 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 of course, I know what you're thinking, or I know what you may be thinking, which is these are unprecedented times. It's like, well, maybe we should get out of the market altogether because we've never gone any, through anything like this. And, and if we take just a little trip back into history, you could have said that about World War I. You could have said that about the Great Depression, World War II. The assassination of John F. Kennedy. On and on and on. The oil embargo. Well, the uh, Cuban know. Missile Crisis. Yeah, right. 9-11. <laughs> unprecedented. And you know what? We recovered, right? Right, And so the point is you don't make big changes, shifts in your thinking just because of current event. And just because, yeah, we haven't quite had this situation globally before, but it doesn't mean that everything's going to go away, right? You know, it's, it's uh, like we talked about in the first segment. It's, uh, it's looking at the alternatives. And uh, for many of you listening to the show, you're retired or close to retirement. And it's... Uh, you know, we're living longer. Your money's going to have to last 20 or 30 years. And we just can't be ultra, ultra conservative with our money because we won't keep up with inflation. Right. We're living a lot longer. We got inflation. You got taxes. I mean, you got health care. There's a lot of different expenses that we you have to plan for. Yeah. And I'll tell you, when you when you start thinking about investing in terms of short term, it'll drive you crazy. When you think of it in terms of long term and markets work, markets, they have worked over and over and over again, and they'll continue to work if you've got that confidence, you don't have to worry about these momentary issues that happened on Friday. It's, uh, and you know what? Something like that's going to happen probably next month and month after. Who knows, right? But that's okay. And, right. and Next so, week is going to be extremely volatile. Right. Or the, right? The, the remainder of the year. But, I mean, you can, we could go back to January, right, when oil was getting hammered. Yeah, price. And then it. China. And so it's always going to be something. Yeah, that's the truth, right? You know, And so it's just looking at And, and I, I want people to be careful. Because when times like this, when, when markets get volatile, motions come out, like I said before, but then there's other sales techniques that will prey on fear and will lure you into different financial instruments or products that may not be in your best interest. Yes. Right? It's like, okay, well, here, get out. We, you can still get stock market returns with no downside risk. You know no. that You know, that you know that's coming. coming. Yes. Huge. I guarantee yes. you there's going to be several shows probably on this radio station probably. later on this afternoon is going to be pitching. This is the time. Look, at we're in this cycle. The market's going to collapse, and you need to protect your money now. 
so I can make a big fat commission. You know? <laughs> yeah, be careful of that. And, and I'll tell you, that happened a lot, of course, with the Great Recession. And a lot of people sort of, they got suckered into that. And we see you guys, and we see the products that you bought, and you now realize what you bought, and you're trying to get out of it. And it's expensive. There's surrender charges. There's high internal charges. You're wondering, how did I not make much money in these things when the market has done so well? And, and then you look at, oh, I didn't realize there was a 3 or 4% internal charge per year. Right. So no wonder. Or there's caps and then there's participation rates. and uh, But the, the emotion of it is that, yeah. okay, well, here, I'm frightened. I, I want to retire. This money needs I, to last. Yeah, and I want certainty. And I want certainty. And, and I, get, I but, totally but, get that emotion. You, you can't have certainty in an uncertain world. <laughs> that is true. Right? And But you can create higher probabilities in an uncertain world. Yes. By understanding what your goals are, what your time frames are, what you're trying to accomplish with the money that you've accumulated, and then you've got to weed out the noise. I know it's difficult, but you have to. To be successful, you have to weed out the noise. Right. And but, you know, piggybacking on what you're saying now, it's like, yeah, well, this is unprecedented. I can't believe it. But if you think about the the the, the, the Eurozone, right? European Union. The UK was never really conformed into that anyway. No, they, they kept the pound. They sure did. Right? They yeah, were they, like, yeah, we're going to kind of, we're going to tiptoe we'll, we'll into put, this We'll thing. put our toe in. Yeah, and right. Maybe, maybe, the last 40 years. Maybe we'll, but, go up, we'll go up to our ankles and yeah, see, see how it goes. We're going to be a thorn in everyone's side anyway. And so it's, is it that big of a surprise? Yeah. You know? You know, Joe, in recent history, you look at the uh, the downgrade of the United States, uh, you know, well, T-bills. Yeah, the Treasury. Right? And then you look at the... Uh, uh, the fiscal cliff. Remember that? That wasn't that long ago. That was 2012. Fiscal cliff. Government's going to spend less uh, and t- and tax rates are going to go up. The double whammy. We're going to go into a huge recession in 2013. And uh, gosh, if Obama wins, we're, it's man, that's it's it's a, it's a lock. It's a sure thing. A lot of people got out of the market and the market the following year had one of the best years. You just can't predict it. The, the truth is our capital markets work and they work long term. Short term, no. It, if you're looking short term, it's really tricky. But if you think long term and you have the right investments for you and your goals, yeah. right? Then Human capital is a big thing. Yeah. You know, well, we're going to continue to innovate. People are going to continue to build products. We're going to continue to purchase those products. Right? And then that creates revenue. And then that revenue then gets shared back to the shareholder. Sure. So it's, I know it's, a, it, I, I don't know, maybe some people don't even really care. I mean, I, 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 we send out a, a, a newsletter. And I wrote about it on last on Monday. Yes. And I get a response back. Goes, who really cares? <laughs> now you care, <laughs> right? It's like who gives? You know, the, the, you know. Was, I noticed when you sent that, there were a whole lot of automatic replies. Everyone's on vacation right now. Yeah. I don't know how many people got it. Probably not many. <laughs> well, they're in Europe right now, spending some money in London. Yeah, that's so. the place to be right now. Yeah. I, I just saw something here. Well, what is this? Summer vacations here. All right. So the summer months are a lovely time to visit sunny old England. You can fly, uh, let's see, to the um, International Kite Festival. Oh. You can catch When's the that? Who. The Who's <laughs> playing okay. at uh, the Wright Festival or celebrate uh, Magna Carta um, at, um, I don't know, at some castle. What's Magna Carta? I don't know. I'm just reading this thing here. Okay. All right. All right. Nearly 10% of tourists in Britain last year came from the United States, according to government statistics. And Americans spend more than any other nationality, an average of uh, 3,000 pounds. Really? On their trip? uh, 4,400 bucks. Wow. So the good news for Americans is the exchange rate uh, got better as uh, the Brexit... 
Brexit. 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 Who comes up with this crap? I don't know. Yeah, Great Great Britain and exit. So the pound is now worth $1.48, down roughly 8% from a year ago. Over the past week, it has spiked as investors bet that voters will decide to remain. But Goldman Sachs recently predicted it would drop 10% or more if Britain leaves the EU. This was on Thursday. Okay. So it dropped 8% in seconds. Yes. So there you go. So if you want to plan a trip to uh, London, there's some cool things that you can potentially do. It's and perfect It's going to cost you a, a, a little a bit little less. A little bit less than it used to, right? All right. Hey, uh, we're going to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to talk about things that you can control, uh, not necessarily things that you cannot control, um, and uh, to help you become financial successful. All right. Chose called Your Money or Wealth. We'll be back in just a second. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money or Wealth. Joe Anderson here, certified financial planner, and I'm with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. We are switching gears here, buddy. Okay, what, what are you? What are we switching? I'm gonna to? I'm gonna talk about the seven biggest financial challenges senior citizens are facing in retirement. Okay, according to Motley Fool. Motley Fool, do you have that article? Yes, I do. All right, our crack research team actually <laughs> printed out two, so we are good to go. <laughs> No, I didn't. I had to print it myself. Oh, you did. I don't rate as high as you, apparently. No, I get uh, right. You get there. the whole package. Whole package, right on my desk. Nice. All right. So let me kind of preface this. Retirement is supposed to be the period of joy, uh, but for some senior citizens, it's um, becoming a little bit of a challenge. Based on a study conducted by Bankrate in 2014, more than a third of all working adults have failed to save a cent toward their retirement. A third, Alan. A third, nothing. This rate was uh, particularly high among millennials. Well, of course, they're young. But even among those age 65 and up, 14% reported no retirement savings. In other words, and the data from the study carries over into broader population, one in seven seniors has no retirement savings whatsoever. Wow, one in seven. Hmm. One in seven. So this is a problem. So let's kind of talk about challenges uh, that people are facing in retirement. So some of this stuff is obvious, but I think it's good just to kind of take a look at what you are um, getting into, if you will, if you're looking at retiring here in the next couple of years, or if you're currently retired. Because a lot of you are currently retired, and maybe you have to change your strategy a little bit. Maybe you have to relook at things, because you probably established your retirement strategy or your retirement income strategy maybe 10 years ago when you retired. Have you relooked at it? Right? Are you making any changes given where we're at now? Because we're at historically low interest rates, and those interest rates after Friday are going They're even down further. Down further. Yeah, the old days of uh, yeah, let's get a good fixed income instrument and a few of them, and uh, we'll live off the interest and be good. Right? So this this flight to quality is is good for borrowers, right? If I want to take a loan out, yeah, and you know, purchase a new home, okay, that's pretty good because I can lock in at a very low rate. But it's killing the, the retirees. Right, right, because they were depending upon that fixed income. And, I, man, I've been hearing from my dad for maybe the last decade, what are, what are the senior citizens supposed to do? The, the fixed income isn't there. Right. You know, we used to get 5 6%. Now it's 1% or 2 maybe 3 
Yeah. If you're lucky, yeah. where are you getting that? you got to go pretty long on that. you got to go long term, and then you're taking a lot of risk, yeah, interest rate risk. Yeah, crazy risk. Right. You know, you got term rise, credit risk. There's all sorts of different types of risk that you have to take a look at. So there's you have to be a little bit more creative on how you're creating the income. And, and right. you can't look at, all right, well, here, I'm going to I'm gonna purchase bonds to create the income from the coupon, and then I'm going to purchase the high dividend paying stocks. I mean, you could do that 20 years ago, right? Blue chips and then, you know, really strong bonds. You can't do that today. Right. Interest rates are very, very low. And guess what? 10,000 baby boomers are trying to retire every single day for the next, what, 13 years. So they're all looking for the same things that you are. They are. There's, all much, there, there, there's only so much that can go around here. Right, right. And that's and that's additional pressure as to why interest rates are dropping because there's so much demand. And uh, you're you're in in these these interest rates show they're not even keeping up with inflation by and large. Not even close. Uh, so then there's a distrust in the overall uh, stock market. Yeah, because I mean you're thinking, all right, fixed income's tough. Then let's go to the stock market. And uh, yeah, a lot of people don't really think uh, they want to be in the market because of the volatility. Uh, but Joe, when you think about the Great Recession which was pretty rough. The market went down about 50% over that period of time. Now, it bounced back in about three years. Now, if you had a globally diversified portfolio where you're rebalancing, it was probably more like 18 months where you bounce back. Sure. But still... But, I mean, that's not even really true, too. That's if you're 100% stocks. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is where what, what people hear, too. It's yes. like, okay, well, here, you lost 50% and it took five years to get back. Right. Well, if you had a 100% stock portfolio yeah, you... and never rebalanced, you know, if you're just in an S&P 500 index fund, yes, that's true. Yes. But if you're a little bit more diversified, if you had some bonds, if you had some, right? So I think a lot of, uh, I mean, we, you and I listen to other financial talk shows. Sure. And that's their golden goose. Is to, to keep bringing back 2008. Right, because you know? it's, it's fear. And it's fear, yeah, yes. yes. And so when you think about it, since uh, March of 2009, we've had, I think I was reading, uh, see if you agree, Joe, this is the second longest bull market in the history of the stock market. And a lot of people don't realize we've. This has been a great market since the since the low. Since '09, yeah. It's yeah, been since '09, a lot of people missed out because they distrusted the market. And and how many people in 2010 said, "I'm not going to invest in the market because it's there's we don't have the fundamentals supporting it." They said that in '11, '12, '13, '14, and then you know '15. They finally get in, but the market's done its run. And and I'm not saying it's going to correct. We had a tough day Friday, but. You know what? It's, yeah, but uh, that, I mean, Friday, who cares about Friday? I know. I mean, well, well, you know what I mean? You and I were on this show talking in 2008. Yes, right. <laughs> and then people would, like, give us hate mail because we would try to make light uh, right. from try, life, yeah, you know? Be, because it's not the end of the world, right? The, these things will I can't recover. believe you guys were laughing. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. I was like, what do you want me to do, cry <laughs> every second of my life? No. Come on, get real. Yeah. All right, the market's down a little bit. Get over it. Rebalance. Yeah. Tax loss harvest. Do some Roth conversions. Yeah. In five years from now, you're going to be pretty happy. But you are right, Joe. So the low interest rates are, are a problem, and distrust of the stock market is another one. And uh, you know what? Capitalism works over the long term. Social Security, that's another issue that some so, uh, senior citizens have. Based on the 2015 Social Security fact sheet, have you ever seen that fact sheet, Al? Uh, I have. Yeah. <laughs> Around half, 52% of all age couples count on Social Security for at least 50% of their income in retirement, while 47% of unmarried seniors count on Social Security 
income for at least 90% of their income in retirement. So half of unmarried retirees. That's 90% of their income. 90% of right their income. So 1700 bucks a month. And, and realize Social Security is designed to be maybe 25 to 30, 33% of your income. So if you get, you have a little bit more income, I mean, that's, that's not much of a retirement life. Right. And of course, we talk about all the time, you, it's ad nauseum, which is save, 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 invest, invest, invest. And then a lot of people don't do it. I don't have the money. Yeah. Uh, Joe, Al, are you kidding me? I live in Southern California. Right. It's too expensive. Oh, I don't eat high on the hog. Do you need that BMW 525? <laughs> right. yeah. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I only make $200,000 a year, yeah. Joe. I don't spend that much. I don't, I'm, spend don't that have much. a lavish li- There's no way I can cut a penny out of this. Oh, my God. Oh, how many times have we heard that? It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> and then we have a school teacher come in who's making 60, 60 grand, grand a year. saving 20 grand a year. Right. And she's got a million. Yeah, right. Plus a huge pension. <laughs> right. It's like, well, it can be done. It can be done. I've, and it, I've seen it. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you know. We don't live that lavishly. How many times have we heard that? And they, what, and what do you spend? Oh, I, I don't know. But, it's a couple hundred thousand a year. It's not that lavish. Well, no, this is what you get. It's like, well, no, we don't spend that lavishly. Well, let's see. Um, <laughs> I know the power say. bill is like 150 <laughs> And, you know, and let's mortgage see. Is mortgage 3, is about 2500 yeah. Property tax, a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I don't know, three thousand, four thousand a month. Yeah, th- yeah, maybe. Yeah, so let's see. All right, so you tell me you're spending about thirty-six to, to forty-eight thousand a year, and what's your salary? Uh, Two hundred eighty thousand. How much are you saving? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Zip. So are you getting robbed Where, daily? Where's the rest going? I don't know. That's a weird question. <laughs> yeah, wow. I guess we got to <laughs> spend some never time. Never thought about it that gotta, way. Yeah, I guess we got to look at some things. I was here. pretty sure we could retire in, on three thousand a month. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Have you ever wondered? <laughs> Have you ever wondered? <laughs> wondered what? Oh, I don't know. Have you ever wondered if you could ever retire? I suppose a uh, lot of lot of volatility <laughs> in the overall markets. <laughs> oh, how will the upcoming president election impact your investments? You thought about that? Uh, should you pull your money out of the stock market now? Oof, how and when will you claim your Social Security benefits? How much can you afford to withdraw from your savings and retirement accounts? Or how do you prevent an illness from becoming a financial catastrophe? If so, you're not alone. Because even if you've saved and invested for retirement, these remain to be unanswered questions. Got to take a break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson, certified financial planner, Big Al, certified public accountant. Talking money today because the show is called Your Money and it's your wealth. You know, we had a rogue employee and he started a podcast. I think it was called <laughs> Your Money, Your... No, I mean, just copied just more, everything. More knowledge. Your money and my knowledge or something Let's see, stupid. Let me, let me think. Okay, your more knowledge, more wealth or something like that. I guess what um, what's the biggest sign of flattery is being copied. Yes. Yes. And then when you listen to the podcast, it sounds like you and me. Except it's one, awful. One one problem. Well, maybe our show is awful. <laughs> maybe copied us. Oh no! It doesn't even know. It's it, awful. Yeah. No. I actually agree with you. I tried to listen to uh, an episode. I got through about 
I don't know. 30 seconds? No, I did over half. Wow. And uh, parts of it were, you know, there's, okay, there's, it's only one guy though. So I don't know how you kind of talk to yourself like we do. But anyway, one guy and, but it just rambled. I mean, it, it was going a direction. Okay, that makes sense. And then it took a big turn. That has nothing to do with what you just said. I wonder if you know that. <laughs> no, you probably didn't. That's why he's no longer with our firm. <laughs> um, hey, just wrapping this up because Alan gets very upset if we don't. If I say we're going to talk about seven things, we need to do all seven, or else he has a panic attack. I would. I wasn't going to say anything. Yes, I you know. I'm, you know, I'm thinking. Fidgety. You know, I'm thinking of that. I know. So, um, all right. So we talked about. Uh, historically low interest rates, so it's very difficult to create income when the interest that you're receiving from your fixed income is not giving you anything. A uh, lot of distrust in the stock market. Right, 2000 through 2010 was a pretty tough time for a lot of us as investors. Uh, Social Security issues, right? A lot of people are banking on 100% or 90% of their income. Um, Social Security is their number one source. Um, unfavorable job markets. You know, so once you retire, we get this quite a bit. You know, hey, I'm going to retire, and then I'm going to go back and consult. Right. right? I'm going to work in retirement. So, yeah. so Joe and Al, I, I I know I haven't saved enough, but I'm just going to work part time in retirement. Part time. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't really work. Doesn't. Hey, uh, you know what? I'm going to take this early retirement because it looks pretty good. Yeah. Well, you're 55. Don't do it. Well, no, I'll, I'll get another job. Yeah, that's no problem. Yeah, no, you're still it's, looking for a job three years later. It's it's, uh, it's it, from our experience, and we talk to a lot of people. It's a problem. It's a big problem. Thousands of and people. And that's that's why I'm still working, <laughs> even though I'm in my late fifties. So I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Rising healthcare costs. Um, I think that's a no-brainer, uh, but it's something that you make sure that you have to um, have a at least some idea of what you're going to be paying out of pocket. Oh. Yeah, it's it's always a surprise. Fidelity Joe does a study every year to figure out 10 12 grand a year. Yeah, exactly. So what they do is they figure out right, a, a couple age 65, how much are they going to spend out of pocket, right? In other words, what's what are they paying for? Of course, Medicare covers a bunch of stuff, but not everything. And they come up right now it's $240,000, I think. Uh $250,000 give or take that a couple age 65 would expect to spend in medical expenses over the course of their life. And that doesn't even include long-term care. Right. So I don't say this to scare you, but what I do want to motivate you is to make sure you've thought this out and you've got a plan for it. You've got some resources for additional medical costs. Joe, we have a lot of times where we have people come in and, and they're spending a certain level and, and then we kind of we show them what the future looks like. They go, nah, I'm not going to spend that much in my 80s. I'm not going to travel as much. And we say the same thing. Well, then, unfortunately, medical expenses take over. So you probably are, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, the money's probably not going to go to Carnival Cruise Lines, right? No. But it's going to go to CVS yeah. for your prescriptions. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or wherever. Yeah. Scripps. Or... Scripps, yeah, whatever it is. Um, or your local hospital for you podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that was really clever. Hey, we, we have people around the country, you know. Yes, we do. Debt. Debt's another one. Instead of entering their golden years debt-free, more and more... Uh, retirees are finding themselves buried up to their necks in debt. In 1992, just a quarter of all homeowners over the age 62 still had a mortgage payment. This figure had risen to 45% by 2010. Furthermore, student loan debt for retirees, yes, student loan debt, has jumped more than 500% from 2005 to $18 billion. 
Wow. So that's an issue here, too, because mom and dad want to continue to help the kids, the grandkids, and they'll take on the debt. Right. Right? You can't do that. I mean, we, it's more and more common. People are coming in $100,000 in debt, parents, for their kids, paying fifteen, two thousand dollars $2,000 a month. And they can't save for their retirement because they're paying out their kids' student loan debt. Yeah. And their kids are staying and they're living at home. Right. They graduated and now they're living with mom and dad. <laughs> it, yeah, it's ha- That would not fly in the Anderson household. It wouldn't. Well, if you ever have a kid, we'll see if it works or not. <laughs> not my, well, no, my dad would kick me on my oh, 30 your seconds. Household. Yes, yes. In well, my household. I get that. And that's, yeah, Joe, that's, uh, we kid about this, but that's a huge problem. And, and I would dare say in Southern California, it's even worse because 45% is a national number. The, the mortgages in Southern California are much higher than the rest of the country, and it's much harder for folks to get these things paid off. But I don't think ha- having a mortgage in retirement is all that bad. And that, that's another time for another show. Yes. If you run the numbers and if you have cash flow, I, right? I, if you I, run a 30-year mortgage out at 3.5%, Right, because you lock in the inflation factor there. Agreed, but but if you compare to not having a mortgage versus having one, I'd rather well then, rather not. Well, all right. Well, then you. So let's say this, Al. You have. We're going to blow up the clock. I know it. <laughs> okay. Well, here. So you have, let's say, a three hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Yes. Right? At three and a half percent, thirty year fixed. Your payments. Nine hundred bucks. Right. So, in other words, pretty affordable. Okay. Yes. Or, in, but you have three hundred thousand bucks in your checking account. Mm-hmm. All right. Write a check, pay it off. Would you do that? I, I wouldn't. See, I know it because <laughs> it makes more sense not to. <laughs> but if I had, because, it, but oh, but on the other hand, if I had no mortgage, would I go out and borrow three hundred thousand? No, of course not. It's the same thing. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's already paid off. <laughs> It's the same deal. Well, I suppose you're right. But, but I would never pay it off. Yeah. See, see the, but the reason why I wouldn't pay it off with the 300, if, if that's all I had, right? So well, let's, you, let's, I mean, you have like millions. Let's, let's, let's do a caveat. You have millions of debt. <laughs> that's not, why you're still working. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you're until I'm 90. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. So 3.5% three, three mortgage rate, that's, that's a pretty good rate. And you get a tax deduction. Right, you got the three hundred thousand dollars outside of your retirement account, which to you can create use income. create income. Yes. right, which you've already paid tax on, so you can keep yourself. So, all right, in lower so thirty brackets. years from now, right? Yes, no, I think you do take it out because, all right, so you lock in at nine hundred dollars. Twenty years from now, nine hundred dollar payment. A loaf of bread in twenty years from now is going to cost you nine hundred bucks. Right, right. So, it, I, I think it makes sense to hold the mortgage. Okay, all right. Well, that's you're right. We don't have enough time to talk about that. But what I do know, Joe, is that when you do have a mortgage, you get a tax deduction. True. And uh, we all we all like tax deductions, right? Because when it comes to retirement, a lot of us are in a much higher tax bracket than we figured, because the money coming out of our four hundred one ks, IRAs are fully taxable, and a lot of people don't really believe they have much control over that. But you actually have more control over how much you pay in taxes in retirement than any other time in your life. And I've got to tell you, your current advisor may not be going over this with you because it may not be their expertise. The only way to lower your taxes is by having a forward-looking tax-efficient strategy. Uh, we got to take a break. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. We'll be back in just a second. <laughs> 